You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. David, is there anything funnier right now than the the gif of Butler and his response? Have you seen this in his response to Taj Gibson? Uh, it, right at the end of the first half from Wednesday night's game, and boy, I said it on Twitter right after I first saw it when it happened, that there are a good at least four games this season that you could have just put that up as the recap and been done with that. <laughs> I am going to get... So much use out of that gift for the rest of the season, both in and outside of basketball context. Maybe, maybe the rest of our lives. Oh yeah, like that's a, it's a phenomenal gift. Just very clearly enunciated. You can read the lips without needing to put any text on there. Just perfect. His, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and go look it up. S- SB Nation has a great has a great shot of it. Both they took the the clip of the actual game footage. Uh, the broadcast, and then they put the GIF in there as well, so they have both of those in an article on SB Nation. Uh, but you can find it pretty much anywhere; it's all over the place. Yeah. So if you haven't, if you didn't watch Wednesday night's game or haven't seen this play going around, this is at the right at the end of the first half. Um, for some reason, Taj Gibson ended up with the last shot of the half and took one of the worst buzzer beating attempted <laughs> shots I've ever seen. A man who has uh, made the full court buzzer beaters before. And, and and he has, but this one wasn't great, and nope. it wasn't close. And and Jimmy Butler, the the camera, like props to the Fox Sports North camera crew, who I believe had this one. It was either them or the ESPN crew, since both were at the game. Who just cut right to Jimmy Butler, single shot on him. What the <clears throat> was that? <laughs> and his it, it, his facial expression perfectly flawless. matched the words too of what he yeah. he was so confused and so distraught at the shot. It was amazing. Just like, and it's anytime you have a situation like that, it's applicable across all stages of life. So, if you're a person who uses the gift medium in your in your personal use, good. Hashtag Look that slack. Because I, I I assure you, you will find a use for it within the week. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> I have uh, some some friends I write with. Uh, we all write for the the school paper here at MSU. Uh, I definitely was throwing that around when I was uh, when we were talking about finals for sure. <laughs> Perfect. It's great. So that that was really that was uh, probably the highlight of the week. Honestly, uh, we're going to talk about the the Mavericks game. We, I think we should cover some of the basketball that happened last night because there was actually some some great basketball last night. I don't know if you caught the end of the Lakers Philadelphia. But Brandon Ingram with the game-winning shot, he had 21 points. Uh, the pass from Lonzo to, to Ingram at the top to get the, the game-winning three-point shot to seal the win over the 76ers. Uh, Washington over Phoenix. Bradley Beal with another monster game. He had 34 points. Brooklyn beats Oklahoma City. Uh, there was plenty that went on last night. What, what do you want to run with first? What was the biggest thing you thought from last night? Um... I I just this Oklahoma City team, man. Like, talk about a roller coaster. I can't, I can't figure them out. Well, and like I I we talked. I think we talked about them just last week when the Wolves played the Thunder that that Friday night game, and they just they had a great win over the Timberwolves in that game, and now they've just gone back to losing to bad teams over and over again. And this they're team has also beat the Warriors. 
Yeah, and they beat Golden State, but it's just they're so inconsistent and just seems like they're a team that it feels like something is systemically wrong because with their advanced metrics looking as good as they do for them to still be below 500 and still continue to lose to teams that are way below where they're at in talent level, there's I don't get it. They And it was so weird, too, because they came out and blasted Brooklyn in the first quarter 33-20. And then they were outscored every single quarter after. They were outscored 16, 26 to 16 in the fourth quarter. Like, so their offense to only put up 16 points in the fourth quarter of a basketball game is atrocious. not acceptable. Not not acceptable at all for them. And so it's just, it's, I, I saw briefly on Twitter this morning, I was at work early this morning, so I haven't been around the internet much. But I saw a couple of people bouncing around the idea of moving Carmelo back to the bench and starting Patrick Patterson as an idea to jumpstart them, which obviously was brought up at the start of the season and shot down pretty quickly by Melo himself. He uh, he was laughing at that one. He Yeah, and it's just one of those ideas that I, I find interesting because I think we, we've talked about this on Wolves Wired at least once in the past of how Melo's best minutes with the team seem to be when it's a Melo with the bench lineup, which they, they run out at the start of the second quarter a lot of the time as it stands. So really, it's not changing that much of what his rotation would be because he already plays a lot of minutes with the bench lineups as a catalyst and a primary scorer with them. And he'd probably still play in crunch time lineups, even if he probably shouldn't. But... It, it's just changing whether or not he's starting and could improve, could give them another option for them, but whether or not they could actually do that to Carmelo is an entirely different question. <laughs> well, and the other question is, too, if you do put Melo on the bench, is he a locker room problem then? I, If he wants his team to win, he shouldn't be, but if Melo's struggled before with accepting roles that wanted to be forced on him, like there was I feel like there was a section of time where he, the first time he was forced to play the four in New York, where he kind of, eh, eh, this isn't the thing. No, and I don't want to do this. This is too much work. This is not my thing. <laughs> and kind of complained his way out of out of doing that as much. And now, like he's playing the four most of the time, so that was all a dumb thing. But he's not the only guy that's done it. Now, I think he'd like completely blow up the locker room. That obviously would cause some problems. But he's already. He's already kind of shot this idea down for it to be coming back and talking a little more about it. It is interesting to me because they need to. It, it feels like they need to just tweak something. Yeah, there. Well, the, the 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 pieces they're putting out on the floor now to start just aren't aren't cutting it. Is the thing and and yeah, I short of moving or demoting somebody to the a bench role and really trying to strengthen their second unit. I don't know if there it's going to change anytime soon if un- unless you're doing a drastic move like that. Yeah, I I don't know. We we've talked about this topic before and and then they've like and then the Thunder probably ran out and smacked the Wolves around, which was pretty predictable. But I don't know what it is. I don't know what the answer to this question is. I think it's almost the most interesting storyline to follow moving further further through this NBA season because there's there's there are so many pieces to this team that could just blow up if things go completely wrong and create different teams all across the league, whether whether that's in February or in this off season, and it's it's just so interesting because there are so many different directions this can, this situation can go. Well, and like from the just the Thunder organization too, 
from their standpoint, if this sours, if this continues to sour over the next month or two, basically Paul George is just counting down the days till he can go put on a Lakers jersey, which means that you you let go of two young guys for a one year rental, which could which is definitely the worst case scenario for them. Yeah, it's, they're in a they're in a dangerous place because they've got Russ for forever. Boy. Yeah, and they, even Mello, his deal goes for another year too. But Paul George is the one you really need to keep around, and right now this, this season is not. This gonna hasn't keep felt con- this hasn't felt convincing. Yeah, exactly. Whether that whether that's in terms of like the locker room vibes or in terms of the winning or or any of it, it just doesn't feel like this is this is enough to convince him to stay in what is still a really small market comparative to the NBA scale. I I always bring up the Thunder when I can, just because it's so distressing to me that a bunch of the stuff I thought was going to be a problem for them is turning out to be a problem, and the Lakers still aren't going to win me that bet with Dane because they have <laughs> so many injuries. Just the worst scenario for me. Uh, and the Clippers. I look forward to laughing at both of you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Can't it, wait. It's going to be really terrible when I have to I have to pony up this wager and none of neither of these teams make the playoffs. Yep. I... I still think the Thunder make the playoffs. Just I don't trust very many of the teams below them or around them to really do anything because of injuries or anything else. Like if Utah continues to be stable at all, they they might stand a chance of being up there as their injury problems get back whenever Go Bears do back or anything like that. But as it stands, like the Thunder are eleven thirteen. They're two games under five hundred, and they're only. Uh, they're a game behind Utah in the eighth seed with two fewer games played. So they're not like they're not inked their way completely out of the playoff picture. And there's basically no one behind them. They really have to worry about. I don't trust the Lakers or the Clippers for that matter to jump that far up just based on the personalities of those, those teams. So it's, it's essentially like if Utah can get themselves, if Utah can stay consistent until Gobert gets back and then stabilize themselves and be better than Oklahoma City, they stand a chance of missing the playoffs. I don't trust that at all. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely have a way better shot than the Clippers of making the playoffs. It's just it feels like it's going to be one of those things where they kind of tread water for mm-hmm. most of the season and then the last two months they have to make a, a crazy push to actually bump into the playoffs. Which yeah. shouldn't be the case for the the way this team, the the talent this team has. Uh, one more thing I wanted to get to before before we move on to to Timberwolves talk. I really think that at the end of the year they should have an award called the League Pass Award, where they give it to the most exciting player and the player that that was most turned to on League Pass. The one of the guys where if you're not a fan of the team, you're still using League Pass to watch them because they're so exciting. And right now, if I'm going to give it to somebody today. It's a toss-up between Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Bill for me. Okay, those are both shouts. I I would have a couple of different names to put out there. Throw, um, throw me throw me some names. Mitch. I know this is spur of the moment, but I was just thinking about this when I was prepping for the show this morning. Well, I was like, as, as a as a league pass subscriber, I have the, I've had those guys for years, so I'm I I've, I am ready for this question. I love it. Um, Mitchell Mitchell is a really good shout just because it's it's always an interesting story when a rookie's as good as he has been early this year, and he's been like as good as 
all but a very, very few rookies have ever been in the league's history this year, which is so cool to see. Even with Utah losing to Houston on Thursday night, he still, I believe, had a great game, and Utah almost pushed their way back into it in the fourth quarter. But Houston's also really, really good. My guys that I would call out, um, Devin Booker at any time can just absolutely light light the world on fire. He had the game where he scored 46 last week and carried Phoenix to a win, I believe. And I know he just got got hurt not that long ago, but I think I've heard it wasn't too serious. I think he's only about two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, anytime there's a guy like that who can just absolutely fill it up, even on a bad team, it's it's so much fun to watch. Uh, Another one that was my guy for years and years is DeMarcus Cousins, who's having a phenomenal year with without Anthony Davis. I. I know the Kings broadcast almost as well as I know any broadcast <laughs> other than the Timberwolves because of how many games of Boogie I watch. And with Boogie, it's like there's there's the fact that he's an amazing player, but there's also the fact that you absolutely never know what could happen in a game that Boogie's playing in. And that just brings such such intrigue anytime you're watching it. Now it's like the, the Pelicans are pretty fun this year. So I'm excited to be watching them playing good basketball with him at the forefront of their attack. And if I were to have one more, this is this is the future call-out because it hasn't happened yet this year. And Timberwolves people will know him very well when he returns, but my boy Zach Levine, when he comes back, you get your bold games on your league pass because we know we know better than anybody exactly how, how explosive and how cool Zach can be, both as a scorer and as a highlight reel maker. So it's he he'd be the top of my list, and I'm a little biased in that because I'm one of the biggest Zach Levine fans there is. But he's a guy that you can get a highlight at any point of the game with him, and he's a really class NBA scorer. So I I cannot wait for Zach to get back so I can get to get to watching some of his games in League Pass. I hope he really balls out in Chicago. There's something to be said for the guy who plays every NBA game like it's the dunk contest. As yeah, far as like, just how fun it is to view that player watch or play basketball. I, I want him to be really good. I perhaps overvalued him in some discussions the past few years because of just how how impactful he'd been. Did you know, by the way, that Zach Levine is fifth in Timberwolves franchise history and made three pointers? Really? Yes, that is a that is a true stat. He's. I'm pretty sure he passed right into fifth right before he tore his ACL last year, and he was. He would have ended up, had he played the entire season last year, I think I'd stretch the math out that he would have ended up third in franchise history. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> which which is both impressive and a really sad and pathetic state on the Timberwolves' all-time franchise record. I was going to avoid which, saying that. <laughs> I, I'm going to say it because if you ever, the Timberwolves have this on the team website, and I've gone and looked at the page before because it's kind of interesting to look at. If you look at the stats that involve anything that are typically guard-centric stats, the names you see when you get down to like five or six on the list are some pretty classic callback names to the 90s and early 2000s Timberwolves. Whereas anything that a big could do, uh, number one is Kevin Garnett and number two is Kevin Love and everybody else doesn't really matter. And (laughs) the other fun thing to look at is just how big KG's margins at the top of the franchise leaderboards are because some of them, like the rebounding one, I think is particularly obscene. It's just he's m- so many miles ahead of everyone else and like every counting stat he recorded. <laughs> well, when you watched him play, you could tell he was miles ahead of everybody on his team and guys on the yep. other teams as well. Uh, yeah, I love 
KG is the reason I love sports, and so I'm a huge KG fan. I have, I still actually have the Wheaties boxes when he won the 2008 championship that uh, that he's on. Do you really? Very I do. Good. I do, and I have, I have the, <laughs> I have his basketball card and the Lego piece that they came out with when they started making the basketball Legos back, like. I think it was like 2002, 2001. I have the Kevin Garnett Timberwolves Lego guy. That's actually really cool. So th- it's a good little collection to have around. It is. I I like it, and I honestly love KG. My brothers are actually running around with a bunch of my old uh, kids Kevin Garnett jerseys. That's awesome. Hey, I just I gotta instill the basketball pride in the in the young ones. I'm just giving back to they, the next well, they, generation. And they they've got to know the history. Like, <laughs> That's exactly. the thing is like I and I am a I am a relatively newish Timberwolves fan as a not Minnesota resident until about four months ago. But you you have to know what Kevin Garnett meant to this city and meant to this franchise. The regardless of ticket. what regardless of what they do in the future, regardless of if they go on and actually get back into the playoffs and maybe eventually win championships, it nothing nothing will stand up very well to all of the things that KG did that meant and what he meant to this city at, at the peak of his career, in my opinion. Oh yeah. And yeah, it just, I, I remember going to games with him there and, uh, not only was he a star, but the way that the city loved him, I think was, it was just something really special. And it was, those teams were the, by far the best, the best teams to watch just because of Kevin Garnett. If you're, if you're for some reason, not from the Minnesota area and listen to this podcast, do not understand how many KG jerseys you will still see walking around town to this day. And probably for years into the future, anybody who's got a KG jersey is going to rock it whenever they can. And people of people of all shapes and sizes can get one and, and show off, show off that pride because he's just he meant so much to so many people up here and that's never going to go away <laughs> i actually uh i wanted to get because i have a, a celtics one as well i wanted to get one of every every team he was on in in his career and when i was in high school i was gonna buy a brooklyn one just to have a kevin garnett brooklyn jersey and my dad actually like grabbed me and said we are not going to have new york jerseys in this household and he went so i don't have a brooklyn jersey because my dad wouldn't let me have new york jerseys in the house yeah basketball also, family baby like, do we do we really want to think that much about brooklyn kg because i don't want to think about brooklyn KG. i don't want, i i just think it's funny how much my dad hates new york teams i wanted to have just jerseys of every stage of Kevin Garnett's career just because I was proud of him as a basketball player and loved him as a basketball player, even to the so end. We, my, your dad and my dad would not get along very well. So this isn't in the, in, in the basketball topic. My, my father is a diehard New York Yankees fan. Um, <laughs> and that was an interesting growing up experience for me, especially when I, as the um, annoying teenager, rooted very heavily for the Boston Red Sox in the – uh, oh, 2003 no. and 2004 playoffs when the the oh, comeback man. from 3-0 down and what by, was that household like dear lord <laughs> I, i'm surprised to this day that he kept his cool as well as he did but it wasn't pretty i'm surprised you made it i, out. I mean i, I, I was made it out i was an obnoxious little 14 year old high school kid like of course <laughs> i was gonna be that guy <laughs> of course of course you were going to man that's that would be uh, that would be intense. I and then 
And then my team went and won the World Series in 2006. So even better. You know what? I do not know him, but props to your father for just being a man of restraint. My my father is a wonderful dude. Shout out to him if he ever listens to this. Love him to death. We learned a lot about your father's character today on the show, and a test a testament to to how he uh, how he con- condor- conducts himself in in a, in an honorable way. I think if he was going to put up with that, yeah, for sure. Alrighty, he's a good dude. After this bre- quick break, we're going to talk finally about the the Timberwolves game that's going down on on Sunday. So the, the the Timberwolves play Sunday. They have a nice break here, and then they have the five game home stretch, which will which will be nice. Uh, a, a nice little way to uh, maybe not get rest is the right way, especially with Thibodeau as your head coach. But it, it is always good to have a home stand, especially with some of the West Coast travel that they've been doing lately. Against the Mavericks, I feel like you and I talk about the Mavericks almost every week on this show because it, it feels like just luck of the draw that they're playing on a weekend, and so we always finish out the week talking about the Mavericks. Yeah, it's we it's part of this like consistent thing where the Wolves seem to have played every team they've seen at least twice this year. So we're in we're into a bunch of rematches. I think this is the third matchup with Dallas this year, if I remember right. Yep. So this is we've seen this team a couple of times, and it's been. A good team for the Wolves to play so far. <laughs> it is it's the one of the few teams that they're supposed to beat that they actually consistently beat. Consistently being consistently like comfortably beat, because the Dallas wins have been two of the most comfortable wins of the year, if I remember correctly. This is this is stats padding for the for the Timberwolves at its finest. I'm I, I'm into it, like yeah, first first game was one twelve ninety nine. Second game was one eleven eighty seven. Neither of those games were close at all, and I would prefer a third one of those. <laughs> hey, any anything to get another W? Yep, that's exactly right. I uh, I would say if you are going to watch this game, uh, the thing I'm looking for, other than Dennis Smith Jr. Shout out to the rookie of the year. I'm still on that train. Is uh, I <laughs> after you. After shouting out Donovan Mitchell as hard as you did earlier in the podcast, you're still on DSJ. I'm still on DSJ. I, I love that I, man. Uh, I feel like that's a much much hotter take than it was about three weeks ago on this pod. <laughs> hey, you know what? Far be it for me to to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be riding the dennis smith jr rookie of the year train and tells they hand it to somebody else at the end of the season hey man i respect the commitment to the brand i respect the commitment <laughs> nothing but love for that thank you thank you I, I need all the respect i can get there's not a lot going around for me these days <laughs> uh i'm looking for andrew wiggins to to find his three-point shot i don't think he's been shooting particularly well the last few games from three and so if anything, I, I still think he's playing well. I'm not one of those guys who is complaining about Andrew Wiggins' production. He just had 16 points. It's not a bad game. But I, I really want to see him shoot well from three. And I want to see him get back to He had three shots the other day from three. I want to see him get back to when he's shooting six or seven times from downtown. Uh, this is this is one of those games where it's probably going to go pretty to chalk. And it's, there's not going to be a ton of surprises in this one. So as far as what I'm looking for, Andrew Wiggins to find his stroke again from deep and to just to again be consistently shooting a lot of shots from downtown is the thing I'm really watching for in this game. How about you? 
Um, I think I think it's a good shot. I do remember when he made the one of the three threes that he made on Wednesday night. That was the first one he'd made in nine attempts. If I remember Dave Benz, Timberwolves play-by-play caster with that stat during the broadcast. And so he, he's he's been in a bit of a slump over these last few games. He got that exactly right. And so I'd, this would be a good game to try and shoot himself out of it a little bit. Uh, I will say that, though, in that Clippers game, I wrote this in my recap on zonecoverage.com, uh, that I thought that he was the worst of the five starters in Wednesday night's game. because, And not necessarily, like you said, because he was bad. He did a 16 points. He was okay. But all of Teague and Gibson and Butler and Towns had had stronger, notable games than Wiggins did. So I thought, I thought that was just an interesting thing because he's been one of their more consistent performers to start this year. And for him to be at that point, again, not a bad thing, and they should. If if Wiggins is has the worst night of the five starters, the Timberwolves win a lot of games. If that's if <laughs> yeah. that's where we're at, like because that means like that means Teeks having a good night. That means Towns is having a good night. I mean, that's a lot of your guys that aren't necessarily you don't necessarily expect the big scoring nights, the big output nights from. If Wiggins is having the worst night of any of them, that's a great place to be for the Timberwolves. But yeah, I, I agree. This could be a good game for Wiggins to come on out. He can. He's had some good games abusing some easier matchups, and this could be another opportunity to do that. Uh, I am crossing my fingers for the return of Nemanja Bjelica. I I just checked the team PR account, which has been quiet since um, Wednesday night, to see if there's been any announcements about what's been going on in practice and what. Uh, I know that he was in uniform for the Wednesday night game, but it was announced pre-game that he wouldn't play even though he was active. I suspect with the four days off that they've had and starting this five-game homestand, he's been close for a while. I think we see him come back on Sunday night, and I think that's going to be important just strictly for a minute's load perspective. The Elisa was good to start the year, but we've got to start getting these, getting some of these guys some rest. Todd Gibson in particular, he's as the most veteran of the current eight-man rotation, I'd like to see him able to actually sit a little bit every now and then. That'd be, that'd be good for him as we move later into the season and start thinking about games in March, start thinking about games in April, because we hope that they matter for the first time in several years later this season. We've got to have, I think, Todd Gibson being fresh for those games is absolutely vital. And Butler has played over 40 minutes in the last last three straight, I think, last four straight. He's got yeah. he's got to get some time on the bench too, just to try and preserve him. Because if he is really cranking out high main games for throughout the rest of this month till the and into the into January till the All Star break, he's gonna be he's gonna be gassed in the second half of the year after the All Star break. They legitimately might need to consider trying to rest him for another game. I I know that that's not a thing Tibbs is liable to do, but it's one of these games like this Dallas game or like when they see Phoenix again or when they see, uh, at, say, Atlanta maybe, who's been really awful this year, maybe take the chance on sitting Butler for a game, letting him rest against the weaker team and letting the other guys carry it. It's what it's what all the other teams that are out there would be doing right now, and it's the thing that with the early minute load, I think they should really consider. Yeah, uh, if Bielitsa comes back, would this be a scenario where you'd be fine with him sitting against a, a Dallas? I 
honestly, I wouldn't. Like, would they, they've played Dallas really strong these first couple of games of the year, and I I have a hard time seeing, even, even though Dallas has gotten some pretty decent wins these last couple of times, I have a hard time seeing them pushing the Timberwolves that hard tonight. So Especially on the road. I, 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 I might take the chance on it. And again, like, I, this, is, this is a little bit of an exception. I think that people will be okay. Uh, a little better than people were expecting. I, I said on Wednesday night that I was a little more okay with Tibbs pushing them as hard as he has recently because they've got three days off right now. And I suspect that they've gotten at least one real day off recently, which for a time during the season is kind of rare for them to get this much time off. And while Tibbs is renowned as running hard practices, running them into the ground, I think he'll be thankful just to have practices at all to kind of get some more things locked in, get some get some things comfortable. I remember a similar break like this last year and how excited he was to just get some practice time in and reinforce some things and connect some things. Yeah, I this is a a well-timed break with some of the losses that they've sustained, most notably the one to the Grizzlies lately. Uh just to try and keep this team on the same page. It seems like sometimes they they wander off in different directions a little bit. Uh throughout the course of a week so to maybe get reset reset the team after uh what has it been 26 games now uh mm-hmm. i think will be will be very it'll be a really good thing for the timberwolves and i think they'll come back and and what a great game too to come back against a a pretty bottom of the barrel team in dallas uh come back i, I am optimistic that they will come out fresh and ready on for dallas and just run them out of the building yeah. On Sunday night. I, I think that this could be a really comfortable win for them, both based on the timing and based on matchups and based on the elitist potential return and based on the days of rest. Like this, this has all the signs that it could be a really great game for Minnesota. I I, I suspect so as well. Uh all righty, before we head out of here, any anything you need to promote on the site zone coverage? I actually we have a very fresh announcement. This will not have this has only been public on the internet for eleven minutes right now. Uh, Wolves Wired, the other Timberwolves centric podcast on zonecoverage.com, is having a ticket giveaway uh, for the game on December fourteenth against Sacramento. If you are interested in acquiring two free very nice tickets to that game, uh, find Tim Fakeless on Twitter at T-I-M-F-A-K-L-I-S. He's got the instructions for you. All you've got to do is subscribe to Wolf's Wired and submit a review to iTunes to be entered for the giveaway. I know where the tickets are. They're really nice tickets. So if you're interested in getting two free tickets to a game, give that a little check. Give the a little check. We'll be giving those away on Monday during Wolf's Wired, I believe. And so, yeah, that's if you've got listeners that want to get their names in for two free tickets and listen to another great podcast, jump on over to that and check that out. Is there any way I can apply for the tickets to win them? It would probably be pretty shady if you won them. <laughs> <laughs> we might get accused of colluding a little bit. Never. Never. <laughs> All right, definitely go check that out. Also go check out the the zone coverage where you can find so much good content on the Timberwolves and all the other Minnesota sports. Uh, lots to read. Plenty of good writers on there to to read their content. Always some fresh content up on that page. So go check that out as well. Uh, David, thanks for another great Friday podcast. 
Always a pleasure, Colton. Take care. This has been another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On 